All right, back for another Cash Medi podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about the NFC North, but before we get started, let's get with the sponsor, Win in La Jolla. Don't forget to visit La Jolla Chevron, an extra mile convenience store at 7475 La Jolla Boulevard, La Jolla, California. All right, I think this is going to be one of the toughest divisions. I think you could I think all four teams can actually win the division. That might surprise some people. I mean, I know I'm a Detroit Lions fan. People will say I'm a homer, but I'll get into it. Let's start with the – I mean, honestly, I think this division is going to be real tough to figure out who's going to win. Let's start with the defending NFC North champions, the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears over-under is set at nine, and I think there's a reason why the over-under is so low. They are bound to – uh, have a setback this year, in my opinion, because I think everything went right for them last year. I think they were very healthy. Uh, the turnover battle that they had last year, you can't expect a, them to get as many turnovers as they had. I know they have a really good defense, but they do lose Vic Fangio, who's one of the best defensive coordinators. He goes to Denver. I think that's a big loss, and no one's really talking about this offseason. But let's dive into the Chicago Bears. The offensive line's pretty good. Uh, the left tackles maybe their weak spot in Charles Leno Jr. Cody Whitehart is a really good guard. They put James Daniels at center now. Kyle Long, good guard as long as he stays healthy. Bobby Massey, he's just okay. Um, the receiving court, they got some good receivers. Allen Robinson is a really good pickup that they had last year. They signed him. Uh, Taylor Gabriel is okay. Anthony Miller was a nice draft pick for them. They got uh, Ryle, Riley Ridley drafted in what round did they draft him? He's a pretty good receiver out of Georgia. They drafted him in the fourth round. So they got real good depth at the receiver position. Uh, they got two pretty good tight ends and Trey Burton and Adam Sheehan. Uh, I, as far as Mitch Trubisky goes, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I think he's better. Well, I don't know if he's a good quarterback, but I think he's better than what the media thinks he is. Like, the media thinks he's a bum. I don't think he's a bum. I like their head coach. You know, uh, Matt Nagy, I think he dials up some really good plays. He seems to script the first 15 plays really well. And then after the first drive or two, I think defenses catch up on him. Uh, Trubisky's going to have to step it up, though, this year because you can't expect the defense to be as as good as it was last year. He's going to have to step it up. Trubisky's numbers last year, he threw 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. He only threw for 3,200 yards. He did, he did miss a couple games. Uh, but he could run, you know. He had 421 yards rushing last year and three touchdowns. So there is that extra weapon of his and his ability to run. Now he goes into the second year with Nagy in his offense. I think that's one of the reasons why Trubisky, you know, People like to jump on these quarterbacks right away and label them right away. I mean, the first year, you know, he had a different head coach, and then in this last year he gets Nagy, so he's already learned two offenses, and this is the first time that he's coming back with the same offense. At the running back position, they lose Jordan Howard, but they draft David Montgomery from Iowa State. They drafted him in the third round. He'll get the bulk of the carries. And then Tariq Cohen will catch a lot of passes out of the backfield, get a few carries. I think Tariq Cohen's pretty good. Uh, Montgomery, studying him in college, I mean, he's good. He's physical. He got hurt, though, in college. So if you get hurt in college, I always feel like you're going to get hurt in the pros. If he gets hurt, I don't know how much depth they have at the running back positions because Cohen, he's too small to be your featured back. So that could be a problem. Like I said, last year they had no injuries. You're bound to get some injuries this year. Um, the defense is going to be 
stacked again this year. But it's going to be, do they have the same, you know, dialing it up? They don't have Vic Fangio anymore dialing up the defensive calls. So, Akeem Hicks, a defensive lineman, I think he's one of the most underrated defensive linemen in football, if not defensive players in football. I mean, a big-time stud, can get you the bull rush, pass rush, stuffs the run. Eddie Goldman, really good against the run. Bilal Nichols is probably a really improving player. Um, Jonathan Bowler's pretty good as well. So they got a lot of depth on the defensive line. The linebackers, they're stacked at the linebacker position. Probably the best linebacking core in football. You got Khalil Mack, one of the best defensive players. They traded, what did they trade? Two first-rounders and something else for him. Uh, he's the, you know, he's a top five defensive player in football. You got uh, Danny Trevathan and Rokon Smith. Rokon Smith developing into one of the best middle linebackers in football or should be developing in. Leonard Floyd, I thought was going to be a little bit better than what he's been. He, you know, he's kind of been a disappointment. You got 12 and a half sacks from Mack last year. Akeem Hicks got seven and a half. The secondaries, you know, you got some ball hawking secondary guys here. You got Kyle Fuller had seven picks last year. I think Eddie Jackson's one of the best safeties. I thought he was a steal when they got him out of Alabama a couple years ago. I think they got him in the fourth round, fourth or third. And the only reason why he went there, I think he tore his ACL at Alabama, but he, he probably was worthy of a first-round pick. Prince Akuma um, is pretty good. You know, he's okay, actually. Kevin Tolver is okay from LSU. Uh, Buster Scrine, he's all right. Uh, Deion Bush and HaHa Clinton Dix. I'm not a big HaHa fan. I I never really thought he was that good when he was on Green Bay. I he misses a lot of tackles. Um, I think they might miss Amos that they had last year. The defense, look, I think the defense is going to still be good, but I don't think it's going to dial up you know as many turnovers as it did last year. The schedule is brutal for the Bears. It's a brutal schedule. Everyone in this division has a brutal schedule. I mean, non-division games on the road, they play at Denver, at Washington. Obviously, those aren't that tough, but I'll explain why I think the at Denver game is tough. You got at Philadelphia, at LA Rams as the other ones. Um, I think in week two, you could see an upset. I see. I could see Denver beating Chicago or at least covering the spread in week two because you got Nick Fangio at home. You got the Denver crowd. You got the altitude. Denver always plays much better in the altitude early in the season because teams aren't in the best shape. First two weeks when Denver has home games, they've covered, you know, I don't know what the statistics are exactly, but I know – that a lot of gambling people bet Denver the first two weeks when they're at home because of the altitude and they have a tremendous percentage of covering on those games. Um, I just think Vic Fangio is going to know how to dial it up against Mitch Trubisky having two years of, you know, being the opposing or the defensive coordinator for Chicago. So I think he's just going to know his weaknesses. He's got all season to prepare for that. It's an early game. He's going to have a nice game plan. Matt Nagy should be able to counteract it a little bit, but I just think Fangio is probably the better coach as far as schemes. And I think Chicago Bears O-line, I don't think it's that good. I think Chubb and Vaughn Miller with the with the crowd's going to give, give them a lot of trouble. I mean, 
the schedule though for them is really brutal after the bye. After the bye, they they get New Orleans. Now it's at home, but they get the Chargers. They get New Orleans at home, the Chargers at home, at Philadelphia. They get Detroit at home and at the Rams. I mean, that's one, two, three, four out of five games where they're playing teams that were playoff teams the previous season. And the, you know, so, and they finished off the season with two of their three road games are at Green Bay. Then they play KC at home and at Minnesota. So those road games late in the season could decide this division. Vegas is telling you their over-unders at nine. They won 12 games last year. Vegas is seeing a decline. I'm seeing a decline in them. I just don't expect them to bowl the bounce their way like it did last year with health and with turnovers. And I just don't think the quarterback's good enough to elevate the team or make them better. I mean, I think he's solid. Like, I don't think I don't think he's as bad as some media people make him out to be. Um like uh, Lombardi, Lombardi thinks he's like the worst quarterback in the league. He's not. He, he's much better than that. Uh, I think he gets a benefit, or he benefits from Matt Nagy calling plays. I think Matt Nagy's really good. I just don't know if Matt Nagy's a, a great head coach. I know he calls good plays, but he had Vic Fangio last year as his defensive coordinator, so he didn't really have to worry about the defense. Um. I see them as a nine and seven type of team, maybe eight and eight. I think the division, I think their schedule and the division is so tough. I could see them being eight. I mean, you know, you play the NFC East. You're at Philadelphia. You get Dallas at home, Washington and New York. Who cares if it's on the road or at home? You should win those games. But you know, you got like I said, New Orleans and the Rams as your other games. I mean, that's that's tough. I could so I, I say they go I say they go nine and seven or eight and eight this year. And I say they come either second and third or second or third. Uh, I, I probably a tie. And I'm gonna actually say they're gonna be a tie with the Detroit Lions. I know most people are gonna be like, well, you're just being a homer, you're a Lions fan. That's fine. Um, I think Detroit had a really good offseason. I think Detroit can win eight or nine games this season. Their over-under is set at seven. I'm a little surprised that it's that low, but I think it's that low because of the division they're in. I think this division, like I said, I think anyone in this division can win the can win it. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, let's start with Detroit and their offensive line. Offensive line for years, I've been a Lions fan since 1989. They've never had a good offensive line. Never. Never have I seen them have a top 10 offensive line. I don't think they'll have a top 10 offensive line this year, but they could have a top 15 offensive line. I think Taylor Decker's. He's okay. Um, Graham Glasgow, the other, will play guard this year. He's okay. I mean, Decker has a chance to be better than just okay. He could be, you know, a top 15 left tackle. They drafted Frank Ragnow in the first round. He's He should be a really good center for them. They got Kenny Wiggins, and Rick Wagner is one of the better right tackles in football. He kind of got abused last year a little bit, but I would expect him to bounce back a little bit better than he did or performed than he did last year. Now Matthew Stafford, he gets destroyed by the media and most of the fanboys, you know. And look, as an organization, they haven't won. A, they've won one playoff game since 1957. And for some reason, Stafford, you know, gets all the blame for Detroit. He's been there for 10 years. They've been to the playoffs three times. I mean, the organization sucks. If it if it was only Stafford. 
being a Lions fan, if it was only Stafford that sucked and, oh, we just got rid of the quarterback, we'd be a good team, then that would just be an easy solution for this organization. But it's been a problem with drafting, you know, drafting receivers, a bunch of busts. I mean, they've had so many bust players, so many bad drafts. They've never had a good head coach. I like the coach now and Matt Patricia. He's changing the whole culture, becoming a physical team. I think Bob Quinn's drafting you know, physical players. He's drafting O-linemen and D-linemen. They're emphasizing the O-line and D-line instead of skill players on the perimeter, receiver, running backs, and stuff like that. I think you win with O-line and D-line, and that's where they're going. As far as Stafford goes, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's clutch in the fourth quarters. He has a terrible record against winning uh, teams that finish the season with a winning record. But he's had nine 100-yard rushers in his career. Nine. And he's 8-1 and one in those games. They've never had a running game. They've never finished. They finished one season in his 10 seasons over 23rd in rushing. And that season they finished 17th. I mean, that's a joke. That's a complete and utter joke. No other quarterbacks ever had to go through that. They've had one defensive ranking in the top 10 as far as points per game. Actually, only one in the top 12 because one year they were ranked 13th. Uh, and in that season, they went 11-5. and five. So if you give him a defense, you know, and a halfway decent running game, he's gonna. I think he's going to have success. Uh, you can't just, well, he had Calvin Johnson. Everyone always says that. He has a better record. He has better stats without Calvin Johnson. His quarterback rating's way better. And the team has a better record winning percentage without Calvin Johnson. So the whole Calvin Johnson argument is stupid. Uh, they never had receivers around Calvin Johnson. They never had a running game. Javid Best. Got you know career-ending injury. That one really hurt him. And then you know they've never been able to draft other players and develop other players around him. Tight end position's been a joke for years. But I I like the team that they have this year because it's it's a lot more balanced. There's not I don't see really a weakness. Uh, I don't see too many strengths maybe, but I don't see too many weaknesses. The weakness I see is at the receiver position if, if one of the top three get hurt. And I'm expecting one of the top three to get hurt because two of them are a little bit older. Um, they go Kenny Galladay. I think Kenny Galladay is one of the up-and-coming receivers. I think he's always going to be a good fantasy pickup. I mean, last year he had he had 1,063 yards. He only had five touchdowns. But I would expect around eight touchdowns this year. I could see, you know, 11, 1,200 yards. I think he... He's primed to have a breakout season. Uh, Marvin Jones is coming back. They didn't have him last year for most of the season. He's a pretty good number two receiver, but he's getting up there in age. He doesn't separate, and I wouldn't be surprised if he, he gets hurt. Danny Amendola was a good slot receiver, but he's always hurt, so you can't really count on him. And that's going to be the problem with Detroit, is if one of those receivers gets hurt, they don't have any depth after that. And then teams can just focus on Kenny Galladay, and they don't have receivers that can separate, you know. And if that that's going to be the key to me for this season is if their receivers stay healthy, those three receivers are good enough with the running game and a defense that they're going to have this year that they'll be successful. But if one of those guys goes down, and most likely it will happen, Marvin Jones or Amendola, I think they're going to be in trouble. Um, the tight end position is should be much improved this year. You get they signed Jesse James and then they drafted TJ Hawkinson with the eighth pick in the draft. Hawkinson can block. 
He's almost like having an extra lineman. Um, I could see a lot of two tight end sets where you got to pick your poison. If you're going to be in nickel, the lines are going to run. If you're going to be in base set, um, then they're going to try to throw to Hawkinson and, and Jesse James in those formations. They're going to be a running football team with a, you know, a totally new mindset. Matt Patricia started doing that when he came over here, over to Detroit. But he had a boneheaded offensive coordinator last year. This year he gets Daryl Bevel, who likes to run the football. He was from, you know, Seattle. All those years at Seattle was running the football behind Marshawn Lynch. So you get on Johnson. on Johnson's a stud. Uh, I would draft him in fantasy pretty high. The only concern on him is he got hurt last year. But he averaged 5.4 yards of carry last year, and the offensive line wasn't even that good. 5.4 yards of carry is a lot, man. So you know he's a really good running back. If he could stay healthy, I could see 12, 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns from him. I think he's a good pickup for fantasy. I would not draft Matthew Stafford high in fantasy at all. Don't expect him to be chucking the ball around like he's been doing his entire career. Um, they're going to be a much more balanced team. They're going to try to play off the running game, do play action passing. I can see Stafford, you know, maybe having 25 touchdowns and close to 4,000 yards or 3,800 yards, but he is not going to be throwing for 4,500 yards anymore plus and throwing 30 touchdowns. I could see 22 to 27 the range, 27 being the high, 22 being the low maybe on his touchdown passes, but somewhere in that range. Um, I'm really excited for the defense, especially the defensive line. They signed Mike Daniels, you know, less than two weeks ago. I thought that was a great pickup for them. They should have the best run defensive team in football. Now, because they're the Detroit Lions and they're my favorite team, they probably won't, but they should have the best defensive uh, team against the run. You're talking about Damian Harris, Ashawn Robinson in the middle, plus Mike Daniels, you know. I mean, you just can rotate those three guys. Those guys all stuff the run. And Deshaun Hand. Deshaun Hand was one of the best draft picks in the fourth round last year. Um, he really came on. He was a huge surprise for me. I, I mean, I watched him at Alabama. He didn't impress me that much. But he was really good. He could give you a pass rush inside. He could stuff the run when they put him, you know, as a defensive end. Um, they signed Trey Flowers. They probably overspent for him. But he's a really good defensive lineman. Stuffs a run, sets the edge. One of the best graded out, you know, run defenders. Damian Harris is probably, go back to Damian Harris, is probably the best interior run defender in all football. Ashawn Robinson, again, I mean, they got studs on the defensive line. Romeo Okore, they got him from the Giants just off the street, basically. He had a really nice season, seven and a half sacks. He sets the edge. The linebacking position, I think Jared Davis is going to have a breakout season. He's going to have all these run-stuffing defensive linemen taking on blocks, and he's going to be flying around the football. Last year, Davis had, I think, six sacks just blitzing. I mean, I don't, he's not like a pass-rushing linebacker. He's not coming off the edge, but the way he blitzes inside, and he's so fast, I could see him getting around eight sacks this year. He had six last year. There's going to be He's just going to be roaming. No one's going to be touching him. He's going to be like Ray Lewis was – not that he's Ray Lewis, the defensive, you know, as good as him or anything close to him, but when Ray Lewis shined in Baltimore, he had, you know, Adams and um, I forget what the other guy's name, uh, 
the guy from the Colts, Saragusa. I mean, those guys would take on the blocks, and then you just freeing up a, a fast linebacker like Ray Lewis. Jared Davis can run, man, and he's going to have a huge year, I think. Devin Kennard's really good, you know, setting the edge, outside linebacker, uh, mixes in a pass rush. I think he had seven sacks last year. That that right there, their front seven, um, Christian Jones, he, he's a weak part of their linebacking core. They drafted – Jahil Devai in the second round, they love him. I don't know much about him. They absolutely love him. He should, if he's good like they, they think he's going to be, then they're going to have a really good front seven, one of the best front sevens in football. I think people will be surprised to hear that. They'll probably just say you're just a homer, but go look at Pro Football Focus. His grades, I mean, I don't take everything into Pro Football Focus, but you know, uh, the front seven is going to be really good. They're going to stuff the run. Matt Patricia should have this defense as a top ten defense. Darius Slay is one of the top ten corners in football. He's a really good corner. They get Justin Coleman. Sign him from Seattle. One of the best slot corners. The outside corner position could be a trouble for them. They like uh, Rasheen Melvin. Um, Tez Tamir. They still have him. We'll see how he plays. He's been a bust so far as a second rounder. The safeties, I like him a lot. Quandre Diggs is one of the best safeties in football that no one talks about. I think Tracy Walker, they got him in the third round. I think he was going to be a breakout player. I mean, he's really good. So I like the direction the, the Lions are going. They have a brutal schedule, especially to start the season. I mean, it's really brutal. They could they could get knocked out of the, knocked out of the playoffs after the first six weeks. I mean, you play at Arizona, they got to win that game. If they lose that game, they're in trouble. Just right out the bat, they're in trouble. Because then they get the Chargers at home, they go at Philadelphia, KC at home, they get a bye at Green Bay, and Minnesota at home. So you're playing one, two, three, well, three teams that made the playoffs and then two teams that are in your division that everyone thinks is better than you. Um, if they could go two and four in that first six, I think they could survive because then they play the Giants at Oakland, at Chicago, Dallas at home, at Washington, Chicago again, at Minnesota, Tampa Bay. I mean, the schedule gets a lot easier after that first six. The key is going to be to go at least two and four, hopefully three and three. If they go three and three, they'll probably – I think they'll make the playoffs if they could go three and three in those first six. Um I see them as an eight or nine win team, but I wouldn't be shocked if they win 10 if they stay healthy. I know a lot of people will be like, you're crazy. I just love the offseason that they had. I love the culture. It's changing. I think Matt Patricia, I don't know why the media thinks he sucks. I think he's got that defense playing much better. than At the end of the season, it started stuff in the run when they, once they signed or traded for Damian Harris. You added Mike Daniels. You get another year to Sean Hand. You get another year of Sean Robinson and Jared Davis. That front seven is going to stuff people. You're going to have to throw consistently against the Lions. I don't see anyone running the ball against them. So you're just going to have to throw, throw, throw against them. And when you're just one-dimensional against a coach that can dial it up, that's what he wants. He wants you to be one-dimensional. So I think they got pretty good depth. Going back to the – I, I – Kind of messed up a little bit. Going back to the running game, I think on Johnson's, you know, going to have a nice season. And then they got C.J. Anderson as well. 
They like Ty Johnson that they drafted from Maryland. He could be a third down back for them. They a lot of speed. Um, like I said, I just like their depth. I think they've had pretty good drafts. They had a really good draft last year. And if, and if this year's draft is what they think it's going to be, then I think they're going to be a really good team. So I'll predict them to go 9-7. and seven. I'll predict the Bears to go 9-7. and seven. So I predict them to be tied for second and third, however you want to say it. I think – I think the Bears and Lions will be fighting for wild cards. I think Green Bay, switching over to the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Green Bay Packers, the key, I think they have a lot of question marks. I know everyone thinks they're bouncing back this year. I personally don't. Um, and the reason why I don't is I don't like their coach. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know anything on him. I just He didn't impress me over at Tennessee, Matt LaFour. The one thing is Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be motivated like a motherfucker this year because he basically got rid of Mike McCarthy, and I always thought Mike McCarthy was holding the Packers back. I mean, I watched a lot of Packer games. You know, being a Lions fan all these years, you pay attention to the teams in your division the most. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen play football. Um, I don't know if he's as, you know, what he was a couple years ago. He's kind of had some down years. He did throw 25 touchdowns and only two interceptions last year, but it still wasn't the same. I mean, only throwing two interceptions is crazy, but it just wasn't the same as it's been, you know, a couple years ago. Let's start with the offensive line, though. Um, David Bertarty is one of the best left tackles. Lane Taylor's pretty good. Lindsey, Bill Taylor, Balaga. I mean, the old line, it's okay. I mean, it's all right, especially on the left side's really good. But it's it's not like what it used to be in the Packers' heyday when Favre and, you know, the beginning or when Rodgers had it cooking. The old line was better than that. Uh, the receiver position, Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the league. He gets a lot of separation. Really good receiver. He gets separation, route runner. He could go up and get the ball. I mean, his numbers last year, he had a 13 Almost 1,400 yards, 1,386, and 13 touchdowns. I don't see any drop-off this year. Geronimo Allison, he's got a lot of talent, but he's young. And then Scantlin, another talented receiver, but they're all young. They're really young. You know, St. Brown, another receiver. They got some young receivers. They got some, you know, Jamon Moore. That could be a sleeper guy. I mean, Rodgers is going to throw the ball this year. I mean, I think he's going to be motivated. He's probably going to have a good year. Like I was saying, though, on Matt LaFleur, I just he didn't do much in Tennessee's offense. So, And it's a first-time head coach. I just – it feels like he wasn't qualified for the job. I, that's – if I was a Packer fan, I'd be very concerned about that. You would figure that with Rodgers, you could figure you could get a more qualified head coach. When you get a head coach that it took him almost the entire season to finally give the ball to his best offensive player – I just – that would be a huge concern in my opinion. Tight end, Jimmy Graham, he did not look good last year. He looked old. Aaron Jones, everyone loves him for fantasy football. Um, I think he's, he's a really good running back. I mean, he averaged 5.5 yards a carry. I mean, the guy's a really good running back. He just seems like he's always hurt or he kind of fumbles. Um, he had eight touchdowns last year. If they could run the ball, then the offense is going to have a lot more success. If they're just throwing, throwing, then – He's going to get sacked. He holds on to the ball. Then they're going to have some trouble. But they have balance. 
and they want Rodgers to throw for around 275 yards and be able to rush the ball for 130 and have balance that way, then they're going to be good. But if Rodgers is throwing for 350 and they're only running for, you know, 75 yards a game, then they're, they're going to struggle this season. The defense is supposed to be a lot better this year. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a lot better. I love Kenny Clark. I think he's really good. I think losing Mike Daniels hurts. I know some people just think, oh, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. They'll put Rashawn Gary, who was the 12th pick of the draft, they just replace him with him. Gary has a lot of talent, but, I mean, he never really produced at Michigan. You got to put up better numbers than what he did. You got to make more plays. I mean, you see the talent, the explosion. He'll make some crazy plays, but you just, where's the consistency from him? So, asking a rookie to come in and just be a, you know, a huge impact. I I just feel like Rashawn Gary is going to take him time. And he always felt like he had some nagging injuries at Michigan. And I just feel like that's going to. I'd be worried if I was a Packer fan on that draft pick. Um, Dean Lowry, he's okay. Uh, they got the two outside linebackers they spent in the offseason, Darius Smith and Preston Smith. They just seem like B pass rushers to me, which is an improvement from what they had last year. But Blake Martinez is pretty good um, inside linebacker. Kyle Frackerel, he had like 10 sacks last year, I think. Yeah, he had 10 sacks. I mean, he could give him a little bit of a pass rush there too. Um, the secondary should be pretty good. I mean, it actually has a chance to be really good. I think Jahir Alexander, was as long as he can stay healthy, he got, again, it seems like they're gambling on their picks. He got hurt at Louisville. And... A lot, and so he kind of slipped in the draft a little bit, like because he he's he can cover. I mean, he's really good. So if he could stay healthy, that'd be huge for them. I think he could be, you know, a number one corner. They got Traymon Williams. He's okay, but I think the other guys are probably going to be better. Josh Jackson seems like he's an inside corner. I think he can excel as an inside corner, slot corner, and then Kevin King. He's got to step it up this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did though. They get Amos. I think Amos is better than Haha. You know Clinton Dick Knicks. I mean that I, that's a big improvement. And they they're they're raving about Darnell Savage. They got from in the draft out of Maryland, right? Yeah, I think he went to Maryland. Yeah, they got him in the late first round. So we'll see how he plays. Josh Jones is still there uh, from NC State, but I mean I just. I they got their over under at nine. I don't know why it's so high. I mean, I don't see, I don't see the talent really there. I mean, look, you got one of the best quarterbacks. He, he hasn't played the same. He's kind of had some injuries. That's the thing. I th- I feel like he's been beat up a little bit. I feel like he's not the same quarterback that he was three years ago. If he gets back to being the same quarterback he was a couple years ago, and and basically the best player in the league then I think the Packers can win nine, ten games easily. Not easily. I mean, the schedule's tough, but then they're probably, then they, they have a shot at winning the playoff or winning the division. But if he's the quarterback that he's been the last two years, kind of nicked up or, or injured and misses some games, then I think they're going to be a six or seven, seven and nine, eight and eight type of team. And I think it's a huge question mark with the head coach. You know, he's got no experience 
Rodgers, you know, is going to be motivated. He's probably going to play his ass off, but he got no experience as the head coach. I don't know where the leadership's going to come, you know, in that sense. It just feels like it's a gamble, and they got some injury-prone players that they're going to need. Because if I feel like if Aaron Jones goes down, I mean, Jamal Williams is okay as a backup running back, but he ain't Aaron Jones. Um, the secondary, if Jahir Alexander gets hurt, I feel like that defense is going to be in trouble. Because I think he's that he's that good of a player, and he's had injury concerns. I'm not just, you know, you don't just say, well, if that guy gets hurt, then, you know. And Rodgers, too. Rodgers has been hurt the last couple of years. So I think the Packers are going to come in last, but they're at, excuse me, they're at seven and nine. I would pro- project them. But like I said, if Rodgers is Rodgers and he's the, plays like the MVP type of Rodgers he did a couple years ago, then I think they could be a playoff team and maybe even win the division. Uh, as far as their draft goes, Rashawn Gary, you know, he's got a lot of talent. I just think it's going to take him time. I think by year maybe three, maybe he's he's a real impact player. I did like the Jay Sternerberger, the tight end they drafted in the third round. I think that's one of the steals. I mean, that guy's going to be really good. That guy, that guy will be good, but tight ends, it takes him a while. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I like the Minnesota Vikings this year. I like them a lot. Going back on Green Bay, let's let's – before I go to the Vikings, let's see how their schedule is. I mean, this schedule is brutal, dude. I mean, look at this. Look at this just to start the season. They go at Chicago, get Minnesota at home, they get Denver at home, they get Philadelphia at home. They're probably going two and two in the first four. Then they're at Dallas. They get Detroit at home, Oakland at home. That's fine. At KC, at the Chargers. Actually, at the Chargers is is that's going to be like a home game. You know, the Packers will. Sell that out. Um, the end of the schedule is pretty easy, I mean, for them. They go at San Francisco, at the Giants. They get Washington at home, Chicago at home. And then they, they end this season with two road games for the division. That's pretty tough. You go at Minnesota on a Monday night and then a short week at Detroit. Um, I would I would definitely lean the under on them. I don't see them winning 10 games this year unless Rodgers is playing at an MVP level. And LaFleur is better than what I think he's going to be. So I would definitely lean the under on them. I think people are way too high on them. I think they just think just because they're the Packers that it's the same old Packers. I, I just – they're on the decline in my opinion. Um, let me see. What is their – record been the last couple years usually show that oh okay so they I mean the last two years they've won seven games and six games they've won 13 games the last two seasons I just don't think that they're the team that they were 2014 they won 12 2015 and 16 they won 10 apiece I just don't feel like they're that team anymore I don't feel like they're that organization anymore all right, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings over-under is at 9. If you notice that Vegas, none of the teams in the division have an over-under higher than 9. So I think the division's all up for grabs. I think the Vikings are actually going to win the division. I can see them being a 10-win team. I think Kirk Cousins is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league. He gets a bad rap because, you know, he doesn't have a playoff win or – you know, but I just think he was in a bad situation in Washington. That's just a piss poor run organization. Didn't have much players around him. 
Now he comes to Minnesota. They, the team goes 13-3. and three, And then last year, last year, what did they finish? Um, they don't make the playoffs, so, you know, everyone blamed him for it. Well, they went eight games last year. I think they went 8-7-1. But I mean, he had he had good numbers. I mean, they just the old line kind of sucked, and and they couldn't really run the ball last year. So, I mean, if if Kirk Cousins has another season, they don't make the playoffs with this roster, then yeah, I think that'd be more of an indictment on him that he's he's not clutch and he's not that good. But I think they're gonna have a good season. Their their biggest weakness to me. That I see is their offensive line. Let's start there. Riley Reef used to play on Detroit. He's just an okay left tackle. He's probably at the end of his career too. So I mean that's probably a concern. Pat Afline as a guard. That's that's nice. And they they drafted Garrett Bradbury in the first round to play center. Josh Klein's okay. Brian O'Neill is the other tackle. I mean there's concerns there on the offensive line for sure. You got two stud receivers. One of the best duos of receivers in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Both of them get huge separation, especially Thielen. I mean, he's one of the best route runners. Diggs can go deep. I was really shocked to see Diggs' numbers. He only averaged 10, 10 yards a catch. Um, but he did have 1,000 yards and he had nine touchdowns. Thielen had 1,300 yards, 1,373 yards and nine touchdowns. Cousins... Threw for close to 4,300 yards and 30 touchdowns. Only 10 picks. But he did fumble the ball a few times too. I think the reason why I really like the Vikings this year is they got Kubiak as an assistant. He's not necessarily considered the offensive coordinator, but he's considered the assistant head coach, offensive advisor. I think Gary Kubiak's one of the better play callers. And... I think the way that he calls plays and those stretch run plays is going to be really nice for Dalvin Cook. Their whole season could come down to if Dalvin Cook's going to, you know, be healthy. He's always hurt. He was hurt in college. He's gotten hurt in the pros. But if he could stay healthy, I could see Dalvin Cook running for, you know, 1,400 yards and getting double-digit touchdowns. I mean, the kid's a stud, you know. So I would kind of draft him. High in fantasy, but you got the concerns on the injuries. Maybe you, you know, back it up with Alexander Madison, the rookie running back. Um, the tight end position, Kyle Rudolph, he's still okay. I don't think he's as good as people think he is. He doesn't really separate like a route runner like he used to be. I liked Irv Smith. They drafted him, Irv Smith Jr. What round did they get him in? They got him in the second round. I thought he was a really nice pickup for them. He's a really good tight end from Alabama. Um, I think the offense is going to be better this year because of Kubiak. I think that's the the main reason why I like the Vikings this year is Kubiak's going to make Kirk Cousins better. I think he's going to make Dalvin Cook better. They're going to run a lot of play action with Diggs, Thielen. I mean, they got they got a they got enough talent to be a really good offense, to be a top ten offense, and they should be a top ten defense. Their coach is really good. Um, Zimmer, Mike Zimmer's a really good head coach, defensive-minded. Daniel Hunter, one of the best, let's start with the defensive line, one of the best pass rushers in football. How many sacks did Hunter have last year? Did he have like 14? He had 14 and a half sacks. He's still real young. I wouldn't be surprised he gets another 15. Um, 
Linvale Joseph, one of the better run stuffing inside defensive linemen. They lose uh, Richardson, but they, you know, you can run on Minnesota up the middle. Everson Griffin, who knows what they're going to get out of him this year. He was an elite defensive end a couple years ago. He had some, uh, I don't know, mental issues, I guess. He hasn't necessarily been the same player. If they could get him to come back and be the player he was a couple years ago, that'd be huge for them. Their linebacking core is pretty good. You got Gidon and Kendricks and Anthony Barr. Kendricks and Anthony Barr are really good. The secondaries should be really good this year. They got a lot of depth there. Xavier Rhodes, he's kind of maybe not as good as he used to be a couple years ago. Trey Waynes, I believe, is a free agent, so he's probably going to be in really good shape. Mike Hughes was really good before he got hurt. Harrison Smith still one of the better safeties in the league. Anthony Harris is okay. Javon Curse or J. Ron Curse, you know, pretty good safety backup. So they got some depth there. Like I said, they got Mike Hughes. So they got three good corners. Um, I think the I think the Vikings are a ten and six type of team. I think it could possibly be in an NFC Championship type of game. Again, their schedule's brutal, too. I mean, everyone in the division, the schedules are brutal. They start off with Atlanta. Then they go at Green Bay. I mean, the non-division, non-division games for the road are at Kansas City, at Dallas, at Seattle, at the Chargers. I mean, those are some brutal games, dude. Uh, the other one is at the Giants. I mean, that's, that's not too bad. But I think I think the Vikings end up ten and six. I think they end up winning this division. I think only one team, because they're going to beat up each other. I think only one team's going to make the playoffs. I think Chicago and Detroit will be fighting for a wild card, but probably come up short just because everyone in the division kind of beats them up. So that's all I got for the NFC North. And all we'll do NFC West and South should be coming up pretty soon. All right, then. Good night now.